0: Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top.
1: It is my pleasure to introduce today's guest, Bobby Omar. Bobby is one of the most prolific heart-based leaders in North America. Inc. Magazine named him one of the top 100 leadership speakers alongside such noteworthy giants as Richard Branson, Brent Brown, John Maxwell, and Robin Sharma. Today we'll be talking with Bobby about networking, connections, relationship building, personal branding, and thought leadership. We will likely touch many of those, but ideally love to take a deep dive in one or two of them so we can get some key takeaways for our listeners who are looking to transform into an inspirational leader. Welcome to the show, Bobby.
0: Thanks, everyone. Happy to be here.
1: Well, first off, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a very busy person. I really appreciate you joining me on the show. I'm really excited to have Bobby here because we've known each other for quite a while, but... For the longest time, I've been following him on social media and just for his leadership inspiration. So why don't we start off with you, Bobby? Tell us about yourself. Who is Bobby? What are you up to? And perhaps a quick dip on your journey on becoming a, a leadership coach.
0: Sure. Um, so very simply, uh, I was a lost leader. I felt lost in my career. I felt like I didn't have any purpose. I tried engineering. Uh, I tried uh, teaching. I tried performing arts. Uh, acting, things like that. I tried uh, uh, brand marketing. And then I finally decided, you know what? I need to spend the time to really understand what is it that I care about, what is it that I really want. And so I dove uh, deep into my personal brand, my values, my interests, my skills. And I came up with a path that made more sense to me. And I was like, you know what? I like influencing people. I like persuading. I like performing. I like diversity. I like balance. I like uh, fast pace. And then I came up with the idea of becoming a professional speaker. So I became a professional speaker, launched that 10 years ago. Uh, and I never looked back. And then I started talking about leadership but for the most part. Then I started talking about networking, connection, relationship building. And then I introduced personal branding in my talks around 2008 and that took off really well. And then I started talking about social media. So, so I built up a social media profile. Uh, and within two years of that, you know, now I have 400,000 followers, but within two years of just talking about social media, I became an expert there. And that's where all my speeches were about. But they also, they wanted more. When you're in a knowledge economy, people and people want thought leaders. They want experts and authority figures. And so I had that thought leadership brand, which is, which is great. It's really big now. I'm really pleased with that. But they want more. So then they want me to write blogs. And so I do blogs, I do blogs, I do YouTube. Uh, I do YouTube videos. And then I wrote a book on networking. And then they're like, well, now we want you to do training. So I created a 12-week uh, course called Networking Mastery, And they're like, hey, we want you to coach coaching. We want you to coach us. And now I coach people. I've been coaching people for the last two years. And so uh, it's all about uh, creating content, making yourself accessible and helping as many people as I can so that's what I do now, and that's why I love what I do but I'm also very grateful for the people who uh follow me
1: that's awesome well, thank you for sharing that and, and don't stop definitely I mean it's amazing sometimes and just catching some of the things that you're sharing it's it's great and it's a great reminder and, and I really loved your journey in terms of coming from that how you how you said lost leader into. An eventual path that opened up branches as long as you as you step through and and mentioning being part of a knowledge economy, which is really great. So it's awesome that you keep I wouldn't say reinventing yourself, but opening yourself into new situations. That you're creating a, you're writing books and you're creating a 12 day course. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you're also providing what your audience is asking you for. You're not just creating this out of thin air.
0: Yeah, I mean, it evolved, right? I mean, I uh, uh, over the years, like when when I introduced personal branding, it really took off. I was like, wow, what is this personal branding? How does that work? And then, and then, because there's so much interest, I was like, okay, maybe I should develop more inter- information on this and write more about it, do some research, and and now, as you can tell, personal branding now is huge. Like people. <laughs> You know, people love it. I, I even run a personal branding conference every year now for the past four years called Discover Your Personal Brand. So um, I evolve, absolutely, but then a big part of, you know, uh, running a business is knowing your target, but also evolving uh, with your target. And luckily for me, I have a have a very, I'm very open and very accessible and I'm also have such a large, large target that I learned from them
1: too yeah no that's awesome I mean speaking about open and accessible I, like you said you're a social media expert and you share many parts many aspects of your life from leadership thought leadership you speak about politics um, you also talk about some of your personal battles with uh, with food and losing weight and of course talking about your family and being a father so tell me, Being 100% transparent, maybe not 100% transparent, but transparent, why is it important as you as a leader to be sharing on social media?
0: Well, I think, uh, you know, I share a lot of it because it captures uh, my life. So I I have like the story that I can look back at. You know, I can easily look at my Facebook feed or my Instagram feed and say, hey, there is my life right there. And It's kind of nice to have it all encapsulated. Otherwise, you know, all the photos that I have of of my life and videos are like on my hard drive and they're just sitting there. like these big files, thousands of files. It's not, it's, it's, it's not a story. It's just, that's just, that's just the data. Whereas on social media, it's a story. Uh, I don't share everything. You know, I don't share, you know, a fight with my wife and I. I don't share, you know, something that embarrasses my kids. Um, uh, but I, you know, I do share, uh, some of the events, both good and bad. So when I, when I have a bad situation, like I, I binge eat and, and and I feel like crap, I'll post about it. Um, if I am upset about something politically, I'll post about it. If I have a happy occasion, I'll post about it because that's the story of my life is there. I also find that the sharing on social media makes me more accountable. So the, the food thing is really good. It makes more accountable to, uh, you know, being better, whether I'm trying to be a better parent or trying to be a better uh, health, healthy person, whether I'm trying to be a better business leader or, or an entrepreneur. And then the other thing that happens with uh, sharing on social media is that you start to create a tribe of people who follow you and love your work. And so if you maintain your vulnerability and authenticity, People follow you, and that's where it's uh, it's a great feeling to be able to impact and inspire people. I mean, I get messages all the time from people saying that my work inspires them. So that really provides even more meaning fulfillment to what I'm trying to do. Yeah,
1: and and you mentioned a key thing there, vulnerability. Really showing that in social media in today's life. I mean, Instagram. If you look through your feed, it's almost everyone showing them their your their fantastic life. So being vulnerable, I guess it's really key to be a leader or be a person because you're sharing the good, the highs and the lows. Is that about about true in terms of your philosophy as well?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, people uh, will trust those who are being themselves as opposed to those who are, I don't like the idea of, um, you know, manufacturing a brand. I mean, yes, we do a little bit of trying to, you know, look good. Like, you know, I sometimes try to wear a nice shirt when I'm doing a video on my YouTube channel or on Instagram. That's fine. But the whole idea of manufacturing a brand is not you. I mean, just be yourself and be true to who you are and talk about what you care about. And uh, the people who care about that message will
1: follow. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that. Keep it up. Um, In terms of social media and accessibility, you run a number of not only daily shows but weekly shows on different platforms. And people take part of it. Why why is that important? Is that being accessible to your tribe and, and as a leader as well?
0: Well, I think, uh, I think the number one thing is that you have to constantly provide value for people. So the people who do follow you, uh, you know, will follow you because they value who you are, what you talk about, and your expertise. So you have to constantly create new stuff. You can't, you can't write a blog post and then write that blog post for five years. You can't, you know, make a, a TV show or a video and then let people, I mean, share the same one. I, I did a TEDx, one of my four TEDx talks. The first one I did was in 2011. If I kept just sharing that over and over again, I mean, eventually people are going to go to the board and say, well, what else are they doing? What is he doing now? And so you have to constantly be creating, especially if you want to be an authority. Like be, I'm a big believer in thought leadership, and so to me, there's the one of the three main aspects of thought leadership, is you have to continually create new amazing ideas and content. So that's why I continue to do. Uh, I do a weekly uh, uh, Twitter live chat on uh, and Periscope uh, on Thursdays. I do a weekly live Facebook. Um, show on Friday at 3 p.m. I do a weekly tweet chat. So I'm always doing that content because it keeps keeps it fresh. And I'm always getting some new amazing things to talk about.
1: And, and do you get insp- inspired or ideas from people who are taking part of them as well?
0: Uh, sure. I mean, people are always sharing really great ideas. People are giving me topics to talk about. Like well, One of the best ways right now is I just started a new Facebook group called um, the Power of Connection Group, and people are asking questions that are about about business, about networking, about relationships, about family and, and some really cool things I hadn't even thought about. So, and then next thing you know that that conversation turns into a topic for, for a future, uh, video blog or for a future show. So I'm constantly engaging. I'm a big believer in engaging my tribe and very accessible, but I'm also very responsive. You'll find that I respond almost like, every text and email and uh, tweet, uh, that people send me. And I find that inspires the content that I want to talk about.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. You're very engaged. I think I've tweeted to you in the past as well, Bobby, and you also responded. So <laughs> that's awesome. Amy, you just mentioned that you spoke in TEDx, and I know you've actually spoken four times. Yeah. So you've been, you've hit 10 years public speaker, so congratulations on that. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> how did you get well-versed? I, I know you mentioned it was came naturally, but I guess more specifically in terms of leadership, h- how do you think public speaking helps create better leaders?
0: Well, I'm going to go back to the thing I just alluded to earlier, which is thought leadership. So I define thought leadership in three ways. There's three criteria that every thought leader needs to be able to uh, bring to the table or get better. So when you think of the best thought leaders in the world, like uh, Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or Jay-Z or Oprah or Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, what are these people doing that makes them thought leaders in their field, whether it's finances or music or personal development or entrepreneurship? There's three things. Number one, they're networking authentically to create uh, a broad range of people in their network as well as deeper uh, in-depth relationships. That's the first thing. The second thing is they're creating and generating amazing ideas and content. So, you know, Warren Buffett does a fast report. Uh, Oprah writes the book. Jay-Z writes a song. And the third thing to do is they're always working on building up and bettering their um, public speaking and written communication skills. So they're writing blog posts. They're writing stuff. Uh, they're writing music, they're writing books, they're speaking. So for me, uh, speaking and working on my speaking skills is a huge part of thought leadership. And so if you want to, if you want to be seen as the expert in your field, whether it's shoe making or, you know, cabinet making or, you know, uh, astronomy, you have to be able to talk about it. And so that's why the speaking thing is so important. So when I started out with my business, I was already naturally a good speaker, but one of the big things I did was uh, I asked for feedback. You know, always got feedback. how do I do? What can I do better? I know I'm quite aware of my uh, my flaws or my things to work on that I'm you know one of things like for example I sometimes stutter or I talk too fast. Just fine. I've got to be more clear. Um, but you know I'm always working on that kind of stuff.
1: So how do you work on public speaking, or or, or how does anyone begin to become a public speaker? Where do, where can they go, or do you do you have any ideas? I know for myself. I've joined Toastmasters. I'm part of a Toastmasters group to yeah. to get better in that. Outside of Toastmasters, where would you suggest people get not only that practice outside of also get experience to, to, to speak anywhere?
0: Well, I mean, uh, I, I agree. Like Toastmasters, one way that people will do it. I, I think that you just have to start speaking everywhere. So offer to speak at uh, go back to your high school alumni and offer to go back and speak, or uh, do a podcast, or like choose you like you're doing, or do a video blog and just start sharing information. Like do a Facebook live post or a Periscope or a Twitter live. Um, offer to just speak and and get lots of feedback. Ask people what's the feedback? What's the feedback? Um, do a lot of research on how to become a better speaker. Take a course. I'm, I'm I'm actually launching courses here on how to become a successful paid speaker. And these are all things that you know you can work on. You can either you know do the due diligence to take a course or do your own personal study. But the best way to become a great speaker is to just Practice, 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 and get feedback, and then refine how you speak,
1: and and keep at it. I guess ten years yeah. to ten years makes you an expert, right? Ten thousand hours.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, like when I think back to back in the day when I was a speaker, I'm, you know, I'm curious to see how I've changed or how I've grown or how much better I am. It's it's, it's always a fascinating thing to to review. Wow,
1: it's I'm, I'm really I'm really interested to see. Where I go in terms of speaking, because it, it's one of the one of the focuses I have as well as growing as um, as an entrepreneur as as well as uh, as an overall person, just to yeah, better my I communications.
0: Every, yeah, I agree. Every entrepreneur, uh, every entrepreneur, if you, if you are selling your idea or your cause or your business, whatever it might be, you have to start talking about it. So investing in your speaking ability uh, is is a huge, huge thing to help you out.
1: Awesome. Looking over over your career journey, what I really find fascinating, Bobby, it seems like you've done everything. I know you mentioned earlier that (laughs) (laughs) you you mentioned earlier that you're an aerospace engineer. And then I found out that you were an artistic director for a theater company you founded. You also went into marketing stints for a number of well-known brands. You wrote and produced a comedy sketch. You're a GMAT consultant. And ultimately, like you said in your journey earlier that you've became a thought leader, you're a leadership coach, and things are growing from there. But I guess to bring it all back around, how has all these helped you grow to form your current leadership styles?
0: Well, I mean, one perspective is, Bobby, you've done a lot of things, which people say, but then I was also lost for quite a lot of it, right? So uh, I was exploring and dabbling and trying to figure it out. And so that's why I got to do all the different things and I kind of just went with it. Um, You know, now I'm more focused, on, you know, what I want to do, where I want to go. Uh, so, what was the question, though?
1: How did the, all these experiences, I mean, you just mentioned you were lost and you were dabbling, but ultimately, I think each stop as you were lost, what helped you become that leader you are or that thought leader or that why people, well, I mean, why, okay. why people come to you as, as a as a leadership coach? Well,
0: most people resonate with the, the feeling of lost or being stuck or being unfulfilled. I mean, that, that to me is huge. Most of us are like, well, you know what? I love my wife and kids, but I hate my job. Or, I love my job, but man, what work life at home is not that great. Or, gee, I hate my, I hate my life at home and I hate my job, but thank goodness for, you know, hot yoga or my, my working out. Like, people spend a lot of time feel, try, trying to find fulfillment in different areas of their lives, and they, and they also deal with the crappiness in other parts of their life, and that, that, that's not what they should do. They should actually try to feel, create fulfillment in all areas of their lives. And uh, the, the, the idea of being lost or stuck resonates with lots of people, so that's why, it works so well. Uh, I think that uh, people get it and they totally, that's why they want the help. They want to find somebody who's going to help them do that. One of the things I've learned too over the years is that people want to do things like me. Like they want to speak like Bobby and they want to do social media like Bobby. And they want to be able to parent like Bobby and they want to talk about politics like Bobby does. It. And so, knowing that helps me uh, create programs and create content that uh, I think that they will really, really benefit from.
1: I see. No, that's great. So, <laughs> Everything you bring to the table is definitely positive, especially coming, you know, showing your vulnerability and being that lost and stuck. I mean, I know hundreds, even myself, even sometimes, sure. even sometimes every day you wake up, you're like, Oh, what am I doing? So it's, it's definitely, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely great to have someone out there who, who's sharing that and you're not alone. So that, that's awesome. And that makes and sense. Just, and
0: just, and just, you know, like, you know, no matter how far we go or how well we do. We still have dark days. Like I still have a bad day or a bad situation where I'm having trouble and it happens like and, and sometimes I feel lost in, in one area and I feel frustrated and but that's normal. It happens to all of us and some people don't want to share show, show that and I think to me that's just I'm not joking anyway.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's it's definitely difficult. I mean even myself I battle with sharing vulnerability. I mean I do have key people in my life. I don't keep it in. I do have a lot of people I talk to about things like that but ultimately it's challenging to put your vulnerability out there and, and to make yourself accountable for it. I think it's uh, it, it could be a big shift for myself to even do something like that.
0: And you know what? To a point you made earlier, like what helped me during those times when I was like in transition, just asking for help. Like I, I was like, you know, gosh, what do I do? Like when I finished engineering and I basically I basically got fired for my job, and I was like, now what do I do? And then I tried to apply for jobs, and all oh, I get were entry level. I was like, man, I spent four years. I don't want to go to entry level. And so I asked for help. Like, what do I do? And I started talking to people, and people gave me advice on, topic. Like, maybe she should get into teaching, or maybe she should do an MBA. And you know, and I started taking their advice. So for me, the, the best way to help myself was to ask for help. Uh, and people just, again, people are afraid of asking help for help because they're like, oh, it makes you feel weak. But you know what? Asking for help is one of the biggest signs of courage.
1: No, oh, that's great, and and funny that you brought that story. I mean, I finished computer systems engineering. I work for one of the biggest telecom companies in the world. And I was let go amongst a 100,000 people as well. And I'm pretty sure I was lost in looking for things to do. And I dabbled for a long time as well. So thank you for sharing that. And, and I just feel really connected in terms of that sense with you right now. So <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, no, that's amazing. I mean, you do so many aspects and you seem to have a well-versed on, in terms of your life right now so why don't you tell us share us a day in the life of bobby like with your busy life how, how are you balancing everything and getting everything you need to do
0: <laughs> i would say uh i feel every day that i'm not that's just the honest truth um there's so many projects on my pile on my list of things to do uh even before i was about to get on this podcast i'm looking at my emails like oh man i haven't done any emails so i, them. So, uh, I think it's really hard now How how do I get around it? A few things. I mean, one is I collaborate with a lot of people, so I I form partnerships with people to do different things. So, for example, I'm creating a program on how to do video presentation skills with one person. That makes me more accountable. Uh, I find that we minimize the risk, and she makes me work. I make her work, and so we get great content made together. Uh, That's so collaboration partnerships uh, is one way how I you know I dabble. Uh, Another thing uh, I do to try to be more efficient is just well um you know keep, keep a sense of what are the priorities and you know i struggled with that in the first few years of my business i spent a lot of my time giving back and my mentors my business coaches saying you know bobby well, we need to spend time developing revenue streams so I started focusing time there so uh but i honestly i do struggle still uh, i struggle with it but um like i try i think i one of the things that i think i do poorly is i I spend too much time multitasking. That's one thing. I just like I need to turn my phone upside down so I can actually just get back to work <laughs> and and get stuff done because it, I do get distracted when my phone goes off uh, or the notification. I pull, turn most of them off, but I just can't help it sometimes. So uh, for me, it, it is challenging um, to do it. I mean, the day the day for me really works out to you know waking up, get the kids get the kids breakfast, send them up to send them off to school, and then I sit down and I. Basically give myself 45 minutes because they leave at 8.15. I give myself 45 minutes before 9am to just do uh, fun social media stuff. Check out what's on Facebook, what's on Twitter, what's going on, share some articles, comment here and there. And then, then I get to my emails and then if, if there's a speaking meeting coming up, I start thinking, okay, what I have to prepare. So I often have to prepare some sort of PowerPoint presentation for a talk. I have to prepare maybe a video or a video blog. I have to prepare some sort of content for one of the training programs I have. I may have to prepare for a coaching call. Um, these are all things that happen uh, in my day, and at the same time, I'm trying to make everything fit in my life. So, you know, today I went to hot yoga because it's gonna fit, and then I, uh, you know, the other days I may I might work out. So, I have to I plan my I plan my month of my week uh in advance in terms of what I want to do. But the day in the life is a lot of content creation and reading on things, reading up on things, and doing some calls and, and messaging people.
1: Oh, that's great, but I love how you start off with the family, and I'm sure you end with the family as well, because that that that's that's the key. If if you don't have the happy family, it would be very difficult to do everything else in life.
0: Yeah, I mean, my family is, and you know, I'm I'm certainly a very hyper. I'm a, definitely a super daddy mode. Like, I mean, for example, my phone goes off every day at 5:30 p.m. and it says super daddy mode, and what that means is a reminder for me to shut down, start focusing on the fact that kids are coming home soon, and I got to make dinner. And, um, I'm really, really dedicated to that because the truth is they're only going to be, they're only going to be around for 15, 20 years and then they're gone. And then I can live the rest of my life if I ever want to hustle. People spend too much time when their kids are between zero and six and six and 12 and even 12 to 18, uh, working really, really hard to, you know, commuting long hours and working long hours to try to become the next vice president or make an extra 20,000 a year. And you know what? Kids don't care. They don't care if you're the next vice president, or the next director. They don't care if you make an extra 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 all year. They care that you're there. And so you should be there. And so for me, I'm grateful that I'm here in the morning every day with them, Monday to Friday. And then I'm here every day at 5.30 PM until they go to bed. And then I'm here all weekend with them. Even so as an pre- entrepreneur, I don't hustle the 60, hours a week. I, I'm, I'm a dedicated dad. I'm a parent And to me, that's a big focus because at a certain point, they'll be gone, and then when they'll be gone. I'll be like in my sixties, and then I'll probably I'll have another twenty years, hopefully, to you know hustle and do more work. But for the most part, uh, I'm focused on the kids, and uh, that to me is huge. And I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of sharing that idea, uh, even on place like LinkedIn. Like I say, LinkedIn, stop work. Stop working so hard. Like it's okay to work hard, but do it before you have kids, and do it when the kids are older and gone.
1: No, that's awesome. I really resonate with your philosophy on that. I do believe that we all became entrepreneurs to manage our time, to own our time, and we gotta. I think we gotta stick to to why we did that in the first place. And and if that means putting on that five thirty alarm clock in the afternoon, that that's amazing. I might even implement that. And and even
0: it's, it's a great reminder. It's a great reminder. I love that. It's like even if I even if I decide to you know work an extra half hour, it's a reminder for me that you know what this is a this is part of who
1: I am, what I want, what my priority is. Yeah, no, and one thing that really, really hit home, Bobby, was when you're like, you know what, they're only going to be here for 20 years at most, <laughs> and, then, and then they're living their own life, and that really... Well, yeah, that's a
0: thing. <laughs> I mean, the kids... And here's the thing. Kids need you around full-time the first six years, then maybe part-time the next six years, then maybe, you know, quasi-part-time after that, but again, yeah, that it's only a, it's only a 20... You know, typically, you have two or three kids. That's a 20-year chunk of time, 20, 22 years. And then you, you, you either had 10, 20 years before or you have 30 years afterwards to live the rest
1: of your life. That's right. That's right. That's great, man. Thank you for sharing that. I guess before we close off, what I want to hit upon was or what you could share perhaps is your biggest learning to date. I mean, not only as an entrepreneur, social media expert, leadership coach, father, and perhaps what, what do you see? What's your vision of the future now?
0: Oh my God. <laughs> what a grand question. A vision for the future. That's um, why it's not,
1: that's why it's near my last one.
0: <laughs> the thing is, you know, we always have to evolve, learn and grow. And I think that's the, that's the big challenge. I mean, the story of our life is going to be looking back at what's my legacy? What's my story? How did I evolve, learn, grow? How do I make an impact? So for me, the thing that I'm constantly aware of is first off, my two children, they're my greatest legacy story impact that I'll ever have as a leader. But on top of that, aside from them, uh, how many people did I influence? How many, how many, how many hearts did I affect? It's not about the money. It's not about making millions of dollars. It's about how many, I'd rather make, I'd rather affect a million hearts in a positive way. So for me, I want to be able to look back and I think of the top five regrets of the dying. And they look back and they say, you know what? They look at two things. One is, um, uh, how did I spend the time with the, the connections I cared the most about? And number two, did I spend time exploring the grand vastness of this amazing planet? And so for me, I want to make sure that the lesson for me is, you know, uh, really think about what your legacy impact going to be, and continue to learn, evolve, and grow as a leader to create that impact. Because a better me is a better parent, a better friend, a better leader, and a better everyone else.
1: That's awesome. That's that's great. I love that. I guess to close, I guess to close off, Bobby, do you have any final thoughts or observations, and perhaps any actionable recommendations that you could share? With our listeners who are looking to build further into their career as a leader, whether looking to create an amazing online community like yourself, or grow as a public speaker, or maybe even become a thought leader.
0: Sure, uh, I think that uh, first off, uh, everyone everyone needs a coach, so get someone to help you. So take a program, get a coach, find a mentor, get an advisory board, create a circle of friends. People, you need people to help you on the path. I think that's a really important thing to figure out. And the second thing is, yeah, take the time to really understand your brand, and your target, and your why, and understand what you're doing, who you serve, how you serve them. Uh, that, to me, will create more focus, more clarity, and help you ramp up your brand. Because, for the most part, the people who are having these amazing thought with brands, uh, that's what they're doing. They know their target, they know who they serve, and they serve them, and they're consistently doing it all the time in the most efficient way possible. And they have people helping them. Uh, get there the best they can so that would be my, my biggest advice for anyone who's trying to get there and of course if you need help you can always just contact me
1: awesome and where, where do they contact you Bobby
0: so you can find me at uh, rayhallen.com that's my website you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram Snapchat all the places at Rayhan Bobby and uh, for the most part uh, the, and also I have a Facebook group called the Power of Connection group I also have a Facebook biz page uh, called Bobby Umar Leadership and Development so those are the places you can find me Um, doing my work and uh, sharing all my content and trying to help
1: people great Bobby and we'll definitely share that with our uh, with the podcast as well the links and that would be awesome thank you for your time I appreciate it and I look forward to following you on social media
0: All right, thanks everyone have a great time
1: thank you for listening to today's episode of the business leadership podcast really enjoyed today's episode with Bobby Umar just diving deep in terms of thought leadership leadership in networking social media how he shares his business and personal life. It was really good to get some tips on that and also shared with you as well. So if you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment. would love to hear from you, perhaps what you thought about the show and maybe who you would like to hear me interview as well. Until next time, Edwin Frondozo signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.